0: Welcome to The Audit Room, the number one podcast where you can share your audit experiences, ask questions, and get expert coaching and feedback. Episodes are recorded live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago Time, 12 noon New York, and 6 p.m. Berlin. So be sure to check the show notes to join our next meeting and get all your auditing questions answered. Now, here are our hosts, Trent Russell and Tracy Marquardt. This podcast is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, the services firm that helps auditors leapfrog up the analytics maturity model. Their approach for launching audit analytics programs with a series of proven quick win analytics will guarantee the results worthy of the analytics hype. Whether your audit team needs a data strategy, methodology, governance, literacy, or anything else related to audit and analytics, visit greenskiesanalytics.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Quality Assurance Communication, if you're an internal auditor who wants to take your own or your team's communication skills and audit results to the next level, who wants to create more for yourself, your team, and your organization, no matter where you work around the globe, then check out Quality Assurance Communication at QACommunication.com.
1: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the audit room with me, Tracy Markwood and Trent Russell. Trent is unable to be with us today, but he wants you to know he'd like to be here. Um, We're here in the audit room with Steve Sokol. Steve and I uh, met on LinkedIn and our topic today is empowering leadership through audits instead of adding to your audit clients to-do lists, right? So how can we support them that way? Steve is the audit director at Swire Coca-Cola, which um, I I did some research into Swire and I love that you're creating magical moments for people, uh, for your clients and your customers. That's amazing. Steve brings passion and positivity to his role. He focuses on opportunities rather than limitations. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we had our kind of pre-conversation, Steve, um, it really clicked with me because I'm all about positivity. I think if there's a block in front of me, you know, I go over it, under it, around it, or through it. So, I love that you're positive and you, you see possibilities. So, welcome to the art room.
0: Thank you, Tracy. I'm I'm excited to be here. You know, you and I just met very recently, but i think i think we share a lot of interests and we're we're going to keep things positive in in every which way
1: absolutely absolutely so listen i'm going to start because i know you just attended attended the gam conference the general audit management conference of the iia and um, i'd love to post on linkedin and i'm just wondering like do you have any takeaways any learning that you can share with those of us who weren't actually able to make the conference
0: Gosh, I mean, there was there was so much that happened at GAM this year. Um, it was it was a really, I mean, I, I had a, I had a profound experience. I'm sure I'm sure you did too. A lot of people did. Um, I mean, I think the big news, of course, is you know the new, the new standards that are that are out. We can comment on now. Um, for me, I really liked the the keynote speakers uh, specifically. You know, Ryan Estes talked about you know being active listeners using limitless thinking that that's something in the organization i'm part of we're trying to think of limitless thinking which i gotta be real is a little a little bit of a struggle for me i'm i'm used to working within a certain box and maximizing within that box and to think to think big and think about what's possible is i I don't think that's typical for auditors historically but it's it's an exciting opportunity for sure um you know other things at i i I'll tell you some of, some of the best ideas that I've ever had for work have been in sessions at conferences like GAM, where it actually has nothing to do with what the speaker is talking about, but they say something and then you write down the note and you know probably the probably the best the, the best presentation I ever gave is an idea I had in a previous GAM conference and it you know, at a, at a session had nothing to do with what the topic ended up being that I that I spoke about. Um the other thing I really liked was um the, there was a lot of talk for small audit shops. I just moved from a medium audit shop to a small audit shop and I, I really appreciated they focus on that as well. So there were there were there was lots of great stuff.
1: Well, there's usually, I mean the GAM conference is usually, you know, pretty awesome and they have a lot of great speakers there. And I love that idea though of limitless thinking. I think it has to do with mindset. And I don't know that auditors really focus enough on mindset i'm actually participating in a a webinar series this week on mindset and so i share the learnings that i have every day with my team right because the more we the more we share those kinds of concepts and show everyone that we don't have to limit ourselves the more that we can all create together the more positive change we can affect in in the organization
0: absolutely it's it is i mean i think a lot of us you know we're trying to comply with standards we're trying to get things right but sometimes we don't think enough about what 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 it could be, and it, you know it could be a lot. The the standards are minimums; they're not limitations.
1: Well, and and I love that thinking, you know. And I I'd like us all to focus a little bit more on the transformation that can happen, as opposed to the problems that happened in the past.
0: Excellent, thanks. Yeah. So, so listen. Be fine.
1: Yeah, well you you mentioned that you left you just left a medium organization and you're now in a small organization so I want to come to that medium organization if you will if you're if you're comfortable letting us okay. know where it was that you worked and um what was your experience empowering people at this organization and was it are we talking your team or are we talking your audit clients
0: um I'm well, so I worked for Intermountain Healthcare for 16 years, and I had a tremendous experience there. I, I sort of can't believe I left, but, but I did. You know, we all make choices in our lives. But it was it was an amazing experience. I worked with, you know, great leaders, great people all around there. And, I, you know, through our audits, I think we really were able to make a positive impact on things and help empower people. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the things we did... And I bet most audit departments do this. You know, we track past due items every quarter, reported them to you know, senior leadership, audit committee. We had two audit committees there. And I think generally, people see escalation and reporting as a negative or as a threat. And I mean, there's that's probably inevitable. You can't totally overcome that. But there were several times in that organization, I'm thinking specifically in some IT general controls, which I think every organization struggles with. Where we escalated items and it, it wasn't about beating people up it was about getting the attention it deserved you know getting senior leadership to understand that this was important and getting you know the, the right resources and getting attention on things um one other example i'll share pro- probably probably my favorite audit i ever did it was called accessible communications which doesn't sound like a super awesome audit um but you know there in healthcare there are laws about you know, you have to have your signs and notices available in multiple languages, you know, the top twelve languages spoken in your area. Um, Intermountain is based in Utah, which is not an especially diverse place, but there are, you know, tens of thousands of people that do not speak English to their native language. Intermountain has resources for these people. They have to do it by law, but they also want to do it for the right reasons. They had an amazing manager over this area that was so dedicated working so hard to get this out to people but it just wasn't reaching the patients in the way that it could and you know in this report we were able to you know highlight the amazing work that these people were doing and we actually had quite a number of issues but these issues were not you know you're bad you're wrong you're not compliant it was we really tried to frame them around these are issues solutions exist we just need to empower these solutions and get them out to the people and i think it made a big difference and i think you know it really shed a light on a on a on a a, a few people who were working like crazy and it finally got them the recognition and the resources they deserve and so that's that's why one of my favorite audience ever
1: yeah I, i it's i think it's uh looking at it as empowering people instead of maybe criticizing them or you know telling them what they haven't done what they could do better is just empowering them to create even more and to do even more and to serve even better, you know, their their customers. So,
0: so yeah. I think that's I mean, brilliant. In this, in this case, you know, they were. I mean, these people were wanted to serve. They just need to be enabled to do it. And that that report had quite a lot of issues, and you know, but it was. I think that the the way it was taken and the tone was just very positive. It was like, you know, it, what we're doing is good. We need to do more of it.
1: Since you mentioned reports, you know reporting is close to my heart. Do you actually, or at least in that organization, did you actually report positive things and how and where did you do that?
0: We did. Um, We had a place in our standard report, we, we call it extraordinary service, and we would list that, you know, we'd have a background summary and then we'd say extraordinary service and then we'd move into issues. and. We didn't always report extraordinary service, but we often did. No. And what's interesting is, in my in my new role, I've been here for almost a year, and I've brought that with me. We report positive spurts, and I, I think that that's it's not just appropriate; it's it's something you know. The standards don't say you can or can't. You you can do this. It needs to be validated. It needs to be true, just like any issue would need to be validated and true. Um, but if it's if it's something good, I think you can lead with it. And I, I, people people really appreciate it, and I think I think it surprises them.
1: So let me ask you: I'll play devil's advocate. Some will say that we shouldn't report the positive because that somebody could then turn around next time we audit and see. But you said it was fine last time, and it's you know now you're saying it's not fine, or it could impact objectivity and independence. What do you say to those critics?
0: I mean, I. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a risk to everything we write. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I issue a report, I spend the next 20 minutes freaking out about what's wrong with it and what the reaction going to be. I mean, there, there, everything you report, there's a risk to. Um, and I think just because you say something is good now doesn't mean it can't go south in the future. Um, I mean, you, you want to be careful about what you report positively, just like you want to be very careful what you report in negatives and issues. Um, I mean, you want to be careful, but I, I don't, I don't I don't think that those risks are that are that serious um I don't know I, I don't I don't think that it I mean there are so many ways to impair your objectivity and independence I'm not sure that this is one of the ones I worry about
1: good okay I just want to also remind our audience they're welcome to put questions or comments in the chat box um uh, now you said you moved to a new organization I think it was almost a year ago right and it's a smaller organization um How do you show people what they can do instead of just telling them what's wrong? So we talked about that positive aspect, that extraordinary service I have written down here. Are there other ways in terms of behavior and communication style that you can recommend to our audience?
0: I'm sure, you know, and I, you know, to be real, I'm still working on it. Um, I've been here for 11 months and I have not, I have not accomplished everything I wanted to, not even close to it. Um, But, you know, something I did is first off, I'm believe it or not, I am profoundly introverted. And you know, people people are exhausting to me. But I, I made a decision. I'm going to show up every day with a good attitude. I'm going to smile. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to walk around the halls. You know, one of the one of the things we're a Coke bottler and so we have a couple of Coke found machines and like the freestyle machine. And I go throughout the day, I spend as much time over there getting a Coke and just trying to talk to people and be overtly friendly and i at when i have my one year anniversary i'll probably back off a little bit on it because it is tough for me to do this but i've been doing it i've been doing it hard and it has made a big difference i think people just just knowing you as a person seeing that you are happy to be there that you're not you know the grumpy old auditor locked away at their desk um i think that makes a big difference um I tell everybody at the start of every audit, I say, you're going to love this audit. Um, you're, we're we're going to keep you informed. We're going to keep you involved. We're going to, you're, you're going to agree with the results and we're going we're, we're gonna to help you. And, you know, do we succeed a hundred percent? I'm not sure we succeed a hundred percent. We succeed at 80%. And even when we miss, you know, we apologize, we move on and we keep going. Um, I I really, you know, it, like I said, in my last organization, we often report extraordinary service. Where I'm at now, we report it every time. I I just I don't believe there's a, I don't believe there's an area we can audit. There's not something that could be shared, something that other groups could learn from. It doesn't have to be perfect to be reported as positive. It could be something that they've done that other groups could be doing. That's Absolutely. that's extraordinary service.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I agree with that, and um, uh, I think as human beings, we all appreciate and even dare I say, thrive on uh, being recognized for the positive things that we create um, that can be shared. So I, I think that's fabulous. And I think including that in every report is a positive thing. Certainly not every client that I work with does that, but some of them now have sections in their you know executive summary called positive aspects, which I think we can all do. But as you said, they have to be a real evidenced and not just kind of a warm pleasy thanks for your cooperation kind of thing, but definitely as human beings, I think that's a, a important to us.
0: We have a comment I mean, from. It has to be. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go. Ahead. I was going to say it, it has to be real. It has to be heartfelt. You know, it yeah. can't be just part of this. You know, it, this. The, you know, there's this stereo people say you give a bad. You know, good news and then bad news and then with good news like it, it can't be that formulaic. It's got it's got to be real. But I think that I think if you look, you can find something real everywhere.
1: Absolutely. We have a comment from Grant that says, totally agree with including positive feedback too. It helps to expand IE's influence by strengthening relationships. I always thought it highlighted our objectivity by being balanced. Um, I like that comment. I especially like the mention of relationships because I think, you know, relationships drive our success. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think most people think of an auditor as somebody who's out, you know, crunching numbers, working through a complex spreadsheet, um, doing some sort of higher math that I don't know how to do. Um, that's, you know, that's not it at all. I mean, I think we're in the communications business yeah. and really to communicate effectively requires not just a good message, but also a good you know, listener. If people are not listening to you, you're not communicating very well. Um, I, you know, I think we have to build trust with people and that is. You know, I think it's a challenge. You know, when people hear audit, I think that you know the first place they go is not a positive place in their mind. They're thinking, at best, this is going to be a pain and a lot of work, and at worst, they're going to tell me what to do. Um, and you know, I—it's—I've had a really—I've had a really amazing experience. The IA has a mentorship program, and I signed up to be a mentor. And they assigned me a couple of really amazing people to mentor. I mean, they'd probably be mentoring me, right? And one of them is in another country. She was struggling with relationships and working with a really tough audit client. And I said, you know, I think, you know, have you ever complimented them? Have you talked to them about other things besides work? And, and she said, well, you know, I've tried it as not worked. And I said, you know, I said, I, I don't know if it'll work, maybe it won't. But something you could try is just to lead with some positives about what they're doing and things that they've been able to accomplish and you know, acknowledge what they are trying to do. And then you can report to them their issues and see how it goes. And I was I was amazed and delighted to hear back that this changed everything. And all of a sudden, this really tough audit client became, you know, I'm not sure if the two of them are friends, but they've got a good working relationship and they're able to work without a lot of baggage. And that's, I mean, that's really what we...
1: It is what we want. I think the mentoring relationships are so important as well. I often advise that to clients when they have newcomers into the team, especially during COVID, right? When you couldn't actually meet, um, is, is, you know, have a buddy system, assign a mentor, whatever it is to help, you know, guide them through their journey into the, into the new organization. So I think for whether it's an existing employee or or auditor, whether it's someone that you've begun mentoring can be super helpful. Um, So some of the advice you've given us, let's see, is to smile, it's to mention the positive first, um, uh, it's to build relationships, and to talk about things other than work necessarily. So I think those are all good things. I think it really comes down to getting to know people. Like, I love that you walk by the Coke machine. And I don't think you should necessarily stop. That's my unasked for advice. You know, I know... I know I'm not going I
0: might I might slow down you know I, I you know but I'm, I'm I'm still going to do it. I'm never going to be I'm never going to be the grumpy otter that does interact with people I I might I might walk around a little bit less you know once once I've met everybody it you know some people only just because it is You know. for me that's actually a lot of work
1: it is yeah for some for some of us and I include myself um putting ourselves out there and being a people person may not be like our natural home place that we want to go, but it's so important, not just to our success, but to their success as well, because, you know, it takes a village to create within an organization and to create within an audit team. So those are all very positive things. Now, I i know, I think you mentioned to me uh, in our previous conversation that one of the sessions at GAM that was really kind of Enlightening for you is this COSO framework. How does that interact or, or integrate with the concept of empowering uh,
0: the business and the
1: the people? Because it's about empowering the people in the business,
0: right? Yeah, I attended two sessions at COS at GAM that were about COSO because they have some new um, you know sustainability initiatives. Which it's I'm amazing. I'm really excited about that. I. I can't wait to work in that. But I'm I'm a huge fan of COSO, and I mean, it's got to be like the like the nerdiest thing a person can be a fan of, right? Because even even the name, I mean, it's the Committee of Sponsoring Organizations. It, it it doesn't it it doesn't inspire passion for people initially, but when you read it, the material there is so good, and when you look at it, what it really tells you is that you know when you're using this as our you know framework for internal control, which almost every organization says they're doing, whether they really are or not, um, it means that you should be managing two objectives, which means you can audit two objectives. And the auditing to objectives feels a little bit nicer than mitigating risks or focusing on controls. Now, really, if you're doing it right, they should all be aligned and you should get to the same place. But by focusing on the objective, I think that resonates with business people better than jumping right into the risk or jumping right into the control. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, Control activities is only one of the control components in COSO. I mean, others include, you know, communication and monitoring. Those, those are also components of COSO that we should be looking at. And if we're doing a great job in our audit, you know, internal, you know, internal audit is third line. We should not be part of the internal control, but I think we can po- very positively influence the internal control, not just the control activities, but every, every part of the COSO queue, including communication. Um, we can we can be the ones that communicate back and help people communicate better.
1: I think I think all of those three are, are quite important. So the, the monitoring and the communication are absolutely um, critical. So it sounds like I'm I'm gonna kind of in, interpret a little bit. There are maybe some things that we can do when we set up our audits to help us be more successful and add more value to the business by the end.
0: Um, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, to add more value, I. I I think a lot of it is just being in alignment with with leadership about what those what those principles are you know what are what objectives are they trying to meet and are they are they needing them i think that adds more value i i really do think that you know people people expect more from us than just to tell them what signatures were missing or which boxes didn't get checked i mean i think that they really do want some insight i i think that you know sometimes we're so we're so you know, we as an auditor, we can really be very careful about making sure that everything we do is, you know, it's got to be complete, it's got to be accurate, it's, and, it, and it does. It's got to be complete, it's got to be accurate. But, you know, we have an opportunity to share our opinion, and I think people want to hear that. Um, I have a I have a group that I'm working with right now. They're they're part of my team here, and they're, they're really not part of Intralop. They're really a second-line group, and, you know, we're a small shops. So we're still figuring some of these things out. But they have their reports and there's a whole bunch of tables and somebody asked them they said well, what do you want me to do so on the next one one somebody on my team wrote here's the five things I would do and I gotta say I mean that's that doesn't seem all that innovative but I've never seen anybody do that and I'll tell you that the clients loved it it was their favorite thing ever um so maybe we'll we'll, we'll list that from now on maybe is you know what, what five things would I do if I were you that that's not telling you what to do but it's what I would do
1: it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it because I know we've had Reiner Lenz on uh, the, in the audit room a couple of times and he talks about, you know, uh, are you standing on the, the beach watching the water? Are you dipping your toes in kind of or are you like riding the waves? Are you surfing? Are you in there sleeves rolled up working with the business to help improve and to get better results and to take the business to the next level? And I think it takes a different mindset to be that auditor to get out there and surf the waves and and dig in with with the second line if needed, you know? Yeah. Um, so, there's a couple of comments. I'm going to read, I think, Grant's first. Totally agree that IA internal audit misses the boat if all we do is note the control failures. Management does want and need internal audit's perspective and for internal audit to be consultative to help the business be more effective and efficient at identifying and managing risks. I mean, I think so too. What do you think?
0: And, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. It's, you know, I, the, I mean, sometimes you might identify control failure or something that management doesn't know about, but more often than not, they they probably already knew that. Um, what what they don't know is the root cause or, you know, who they can work with, um, what, one of the things, I this is this is a surprise to me, and I didn't realize this until I've been auditing for probably 15 years, I think one of the biggest values we can do in an audit is bring some of these groups together. You know, as auditors, we're used to just calling up anybody on the phone, but people don't do that around organizations. They work in their silos, and sometimes even just an opening conference could do more value in that audit than anything you need write in the audit. Absolutely. That's about bringing the players together.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, we call them opening meetings, at least I, I refer to it with that, but you, you do bring people together and you have an opportunity to you know share expectations of the positive outcomes that can happen and it really gets people on board so I think that's a, that's a super tool um, we do have a question from Alfonso um, he would like to know which training areas do you believe are absolutely necessary for your personnel to receive in other words I think Coca-Cola has the potential to pave the way for innovative auditing
0: well, excellent. I hope we're paving the way for innovative auditing techniques. You know, I—I I mean, I, there's so much training out there, and there's so much good. It, I, you know, to me, when you go to a training, oftentimes it has more to do with the person being trained than what the material is, because you've got to be in the right mindset, and you've got to be ready, and you know, there's there's so many factors to consider there. You know, when I have new folks, I usually encourage them to first off, I would study for the CIA exam. I think that gives you some good fundamentals, and. You know, one of my favorite trainings, of course, is if you know the COSO, ICI, have internal integra- internal control integrated framework. There's a there's a certificate program. Those are two great places to start. Um, but you know, really to get to the next level, I think you know if there was if there was a single training to go to for communications or relationships, I I would recommend it. I'm not sure that there is. I think there's experience. I think we've all got to be doing self help and reading books. Um, I read a great book recently. It was called "It's Your Ship" by Mike Ebershop. It's a—he was a Navy commander, and th- that was probably the best training I've gotten recently. Um, and it was just—it's a book. It's actually it was a very popular management book. It's been around for a long time. I never heard of it until you know late last year. But that's—that's that's one I would recommend. Um, but if you—if anybody has a silver bullet for communications and relationships, I would love to hear about it.
1: I'm working on developing a pill for that, but it's going to take some time yet.
0: Okay. It's going to increase... When you have have that ready, we'll wait for it on the bestseller list.
1: It's going to significantly uh, reduce the amount of work time I I put in if I can do that. Because a lot of the things I do are all about communication. I know, you know, back in the day, communication skills weren't really talked about, but now, I mean, I just obviously, because of what I do is communication skills. I think it's so, so important um, that auditors have the tools that they need, and it's our our responsibility as leaders um, to make sure that they have the opportunity to take advantage of those those that training, you know, um, but also not to give up responsibility for their own for their own role in that. So. So I want to just toss it to you. We're running, we're hitting against the clock. So our title was empowering leadership through audits instead of adding to your clients' to-do list. Can you give us kind of one or two big takeaways for that?
0: You know, I think maybe maybe the one takeaway I would list, and I think we've we've mentioned this, but you know, really putting yourself in your audit client's shoes, and you know, most of your audit clients. these are probably managers that are overworked, overburdened. They have long to-do lists, and if at the end of the audit, the main outcome is five or six more things that they need to do in the next ninety or one hundred eighty days, that you know, it might be valuable, but is most. But I think they're going to see that as a burden, and I think they need just you. Know, to to me, I really trample myself in their shoes and I say, what would I like? You know, are there any hurdles we can help them? You know, overcome, or there are some barriers, Are there are other groups that they really could consult, and maybe we can help them, you know, get something done. And if you can do that, I think that's a real win. Um, I'm not going to tell you I've done that in every audit, it, it but that's, that's the goal. And if, if that's the goal, I think we can do it most of the time, and that, and that feels good. And pe- people will, people will really like the audit. They'll, they'll love the audit if we consider them and, you know, what, what they're doing, dealing with.
1: Fantastic. Thanks so much. And listen, I just want to give a plug. not here today, and sometimes I forget what I'm supposed to do. So I will give a plug for Trent Russell, my co-host. Um, he is the founder of Green Skies Analytics, where they actually make data analytics work for internal audit. And I am known as a audit communication skills expert and all things communication, audit report writing, influencing, presenting, you, know, you name it. If you need help uh, with your team. To get better results, then let me know, and we'll uh, we'll get you sorted out for that. Steve, I want to thank you. I want to thank our audience for being here today, and we will see you next week in the audit room.